Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, a.k.a. Money Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms, wherever you're getting your podcast from, whether that's Google, Stitcher, Anchor, Spotify, Apple. Make sure you go ahead and hit that like and subscribe button. Make sure you also give me a five-star review, because anything less than that, you are a bona fide hater. Yo, we're going to talk about a lot of NFL football, you know what I'm saying, some of my week two winners and losers. I'm definitely going to touch on the whole Phoenix Sun situation. I didn't get to do that last week. Then we're also going to dip into that dummy of the day. But before we do get started, I saw an interesting clip, I should say, um, yesterday when I saw the Saints and the Bucks game. Why the hell is OBJ just on tour? Like, OBJ, like, shouldn't you be rehabbing and getting ready to try to find a team that you need to be playing for? Like, why are you out in your neck of the woods just out here on tour dapping up everybody that you went to play in high school and dapping up Tom Brady? Like, bro, you need to be, you got to be in shape and whatnot. So, I don't know what the hell he's doing. He was, I kind of understood last week, he was at the, uh, he was in LA for the championship banner unveiling, um, for the Rams and Bills game, but like, what's he doing in New Orleans? Like, that just didn't make any sense. So I, I guess we're gonna see OBJ. Hell, I don't know. He might be at the next Monday Night Football game when I guess it's the uh, Cowboys, and I guess I think the Giants play next Monday night. So I don't know. I thought that was weird that he's just out here on tour, just doing whatever it is he's doing. Speaking of Monday Night Football, why are they showing two Monday Night Football games tonight? And they're not even like back to back. Like they're on their half hour. There's the the Bills and the Titans they're playing right now, and then the Eagles and the Vikings play. Uh, they kick off an hour later after the start time of this game. Like that don't even make any sense. And they usually wait till week. They usually do a double header on week one. So I don't know why they're doing two games in one night. But what are we doing? But anyways, I just thought that was weird. But speaking of the Saints and the Bucks game, yo. So I told y'all, man, like. I lived in the South for a good solid, mm, I'd probably say about a good solid six or seven years in my 20s. So I always say the South, like I got to know the true me. I got to know the South, like the South is is a whole different animal. And one thing I did learn about the South was Waffle House. Now everybody know if you in Waffle House, if you've done seen videos and clippings of Waffle House, it goes down early in the morning, one, two, three o'clock in the morning, because they're 24-7, just like IHOP. Um, I personally prefer Waffle House over IHOP. I just feel like the grease is a little bit better. It's, it's just it's just smack a little harder for me. Um, so I'm going to go Waffle House all day over IHOP or Denny's. But usually Waffle House is usually the the spot that you hit up after you done hit the club down in the south. So, you know, you do, you shake your butt at the club, you get a little hungry, you know, you, you go to Waffle House and get you, you get the all-star special for eight ninety nine. add the waffle for an additional dollar and you're good to go. So, but there are things that happen at Waffle House and there are some interesting things that go down at the Waffle House. And usually at the late night hours, it's a whole lot of rumble in the jungle going on at the Waffle House. So you're bound to see some fighting or see some extracurricular activities going on. And that's what I felt like I watched when I was watching the Saints and the Bucks game is that they was out here, 
you got uh, Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans out here squabbling like that. Was at a Waffle House down there in the Fifth Ward or something? So that would, I mean, I get it that you're trying to stick up for Tom Brady, and I know Marshawn Lattimore and Mike Evans they got bad heat, they got bad juju for for the longest now for like five or six years. But yeah, they went down to a full full fledged squabble at the Waffle House yesterday. So. That was really, really interesting, and then kind of came out of nowhere, but we're going to dive into these week two winners, first of all. Um, shout out to the Cowboys for trying to make it happen. Um, the Cowboys were able to beat the Cincinnati Bengals, the AFC champ- AFC champions last year, with a backup quarterback, with a with a non-existing Ezekiel Elliott. I told y'all, don't don't bank on Ezekiel Elliott this year. Like, he's he's cooked, and that's not a knock on him, is that they've, they've utilized him as much as they could with him, and then that's it, and... He's not what he once used to be, and he is a shell of himself. And the lifespan of NFL running backs in this day and age, you're not going to get the Emmitt Smiths. You're not going to get the Frank Gores. You're not going to get the Adrian Petersons. You're not going to get the Barry. And Barry Sanders didn't even really last that long, but he got out on a different story. You're not going to get the Curtis Martins. Like, you're not going to get these guys that play 10 to 12 years in, in, as a running back in the NFL no more. Like, them days are over with as far as a running back position goes. So, I mean, Ezekiel Elliott's cooked. So, the Cowboys were really kind of in a stalemate where they can kind of rely on Troy, Troy Pol- Tony Pollard for a certain extent. Uh, but he, I wouldn't say that he is your featured back but they there's they got to start if i'm if i'm the dallas cowboys you got to start using tony pollard as your feature back over ezekiel ezekiel is just a a marquee at this point of his career he ain't gonna he ain't gonna give you i don't even know if he's gonna give you 900 yards this year um to be honest i just don't see that happening so shout out to the cowboys making it happen with the backup quarterback um and like i said i also told y'all don't be surprised i'm expecting the tennessee titans and the cincinnati Bengals to kind of take a step back this year um I'm not going to say the Cincinnati Bengals went on like one of those college, you know, eight, nine seeded team in, in the college basketball, eight, nine, 10 seeded team that just make it into the sweet 16. And they're, they're a, a Cinderella story, but it kind of, it kind of felt like that's what they was last year. They kind of was a Cinderella team. So I don't expect the Bengals to do too much. That's offensive line is probably worse than what it was last year. And I know they spent some money to try to be, revamp that defensive line. I'm sorry, the offensive line just to protect Joe Burrow. And it don't look like it's working. And granted, Joe Burrow didn't play a majority of the preseason. He also missed a lot of training camp, being the fact that he had a, a, a his an emergency appendectomy as well. So I get it, but I don't see them, even with him being healthy, I don't see it being good. Another thing, like I said, the Tennessee Titans, like Derrick Henry, he's about to be on that other, he's about to be in that same boat that Ezekiel did. Not to mention, he comes from Alabama where they run their running backs down to the ground. And by the time they get to the NFL, they ain't got too much left to give. So I don't expect Derrick Henry to have a Derrick Henry S season. I think he's going to start trending downwards as well. Um, and, and that's, it is what it is. So shout out to the Cowboys figuring it out. Yo, shout out to my man, um, <laughs> What, what y'all think? Email the show, man. Email the show at sportsbusiness, S-P-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S at gmail.com. Hey, man, I was talking to my homeboy. He says he looks like Mark Anthony. I don't see Mark Anthony. I see logic. And I'm talking about the Miami Dolphins coach, uh, Mike Daniels. Uh, you know, he says that he's black. Okay. Um, I don't know. I mean, all right. So, so is logic. Logic says that he's black, too. So, okay, I'm going to call you logic. I'm not going to call you black Mike. Like, Nah. But, yo, uh, Mike Daniels of the Miami Dolphins, for them to be down, I think they were down, I think it was 21-7 or something like that. And for them to come back and win, it was definitely a staple game. And, and the cool part about it is, 
the Baltimore Ravens, as far as Lamar Jackson, who's asking for more money, he played a perfect game. I think his quarterback rating was a perfect rating. However, the rating system goes, he pitched a perfect game. And he had over 100-some yards on the ground, too. So it ain't Lamar Jackson's fault why they lost that game. But if you're looking at the other side, and I'm going to get to them in a minute as far as the Dolphins' offense, the Dolphins' offense is what it was. It, it is what it is. Like, you're not going to be able to double-team Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle at the same time and Desecchi, the tight end. Then at the end of the day, you can open it up hand the ball off to Chase Edmonds, the running back, and he's going to rip off. So you can't – there's so much speed on that field. You're not going to be able to double-team – Hell, two players on the same play. So you it's really pick your poison. You can try to run a couple of cover two shell defenses, but that even then, like they take the top off so fast, you're not gonna be able to get them. So it's 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 wild. And and the cold part about it is I'm and I'm gonna get to this team, like I said, in a minute, but looking the the, the Dolphins are legit. Like I I believe in them and that I think that might be my surprise team of this year. Um, I think that their defense, they, they were able to hold, hold, I mean, I granted they gave up 38 points and that's some, excuse me, that's something that they're going to have to work on, but 38 points looks like these days, that's not going to be get you enough to win some of these football games. So shout out to the dolphins for making it happen. Really, really impressive win. And, um, I think they might be the best second best team in the AFC East behind the Buffalo Bills. I think the Buffalo Bills are legit. They're playing the Tennessee Titans right now and they they look they got all the swag in the world with Josh Allen. So but you got Tua, he's kind of starting to silence those critics. I mean, Tyreek Hill, he's out here damn near having two hundred yard receiving games. You have Jalen Waddle out here with like another one seventy something. Um, catching the ball, and then you had Chase Edmonds. So they, they they got so many weapons, and they they Mike Daniels is knowing how to utilize them. I know you came from the Kyle Shanahan system from San Francisco, so shout out to him for making it happen. And the Dolphins, they they look solid, man. They 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 look they look real. That's not a phony baloney team. My next set of winners are the New York Jets. Like who? First of all, both New York teams, but I'm I'm more impressed with Jets more than anything else. I think the Jets, man. They, for them to be able to beat Cleveland and score, I believe, 14 points in in less than two, you know, in under the two minute warning, and for them to recover onside kick was pretty impressive. Not to mention they did it with the corner, they did it with the service of, of services of a backup quarterback and Joe Flacco, who I who I call Jose Flacco, and old Jose was out here slinging that ball around like he was back in 2012 with the Baltimore Ravens. So. Shout out to Jose Flacco for holding down the fort. And it's kind of, you know, are we going to have a a la Vinny Testaverde uh, situation where he's an old G dude that was supposed to be riding off in the sunset and he's kind of taking over the the young whippersnapper of Zach Wilson because Zach Wilson really hasn't been able to prove anything. And every time they get a backup quarterback to come in, it seems like they play a little bit better. So um, I'm really, really interested to see what the Jets do next week if they win. Cause I think Zach Wilson's going to be out the first four games at a minimum. So we're going to see what they look like, but it's Jose Flacco was out here slinging that ball around last night. So I'm pretty sold on, I'm not sold on the Jets yet, but they seem to be trending upwards. Um, and the, the Cardinals, and like I said, I'm a, I'm a table, the Cardinals win, because we're going to talk about that a little bit more of a deeper dive into that game. Cause your boy was almost damn near on suicide watch last night, but we're gonna talk about that. Um, but yeah, I, I think the I think the Cowboys, I got the Dolphins, and I got the Jets as my my week two winners. Um, obviously, the Cardinals being down twenty one, being down almost what twenty to zip, and for them to come back and win, we definitely gonna take a deeper dive in that. 
And uh, yeah, we're going to we're going to talk about these losers now. So, like I said, the Ravens, that's a bad look for you to be up twenty. I think it was like twenty eight, thirty five, fourteen, late in the fourth quarter. You got to you got to nail that in the coffin. You got to be able to win that game. The Broncos, yo, like the Broncos, man, what what's going on? Like I thought y'all was happy with Russell Wilson, and y'all out here booing this man. What's what the hell going on with Russell Wilson? Like I thought Mr. Perfect was was can't nobody touch Mr. Perfect. And next thing you know, they are here booing this man. So they played a very, very I get it that they won. It was against the sorry Texans, but they didn't play good. Like that's a game that you should be able to win convincingly. And that was not a convincing win. I think it went down to the wire. Um and they just I mean, bad clock management. You got out you out here trying to run the ball in, in certain weird situations. And it's just, they didn't look good. Um, they played, they just, I don't know. And, and the cold part about it is, who's Russell Wilson trying to put this act, like this, this, this rah rah, varsity, you know, the dude that, the, the, the jock type of this gimmick that he has on. Like, who, like, the question I got is, who is you truly, bro? Like, who, is this how you really act after hours? Is this what you, this is how you acted when you pulled Sierra? Like, this whole rah rah, you know, let's ride or go, go Hawks and all these little shenanigan slogans he has. But like, who, do you have friends? I mean, who's his partners? You know, like you don't see him with partners. You don't see he got a little click. You don't see him with you know that one that one ace in the sleeve where you can just rely on. Like you know, you got a whole bunch of people that usually talk mad cash about him. You know, and it's not you know you got cats like Doug Baldwin. You know who's who gave who, who got Doug? Well, you know he got Doug Baldwin a boatload of money. You got cats like Richard Sherman, which I get it. The defense was that those championship Seahawks teams were predicated onto the defense, so I get how they're not really riding with him. But it just Russell Wilson. Just I, I get it that he's a cornball, but like at the end of the day, if ain't nobody rocking with you, bro, you might as well just be yourself and just let it ride out. Like this can't be who you truly are. I can't see that. And it's just it's so far the experiment in Denver. The experiment in Denver, it ain't looking good. Um, and they just signed him to this fat contract, and they're kind of stuck with him. So I don't know. I, I, I don't know. So and my next loser is the next loser is Baker Mayfield, and I, I you already know on this show, I don't like Baker Mayfield whatsoever. Um, I think he was an airhead. I thought he was too cocky even in college. I thought I was hoping somebody would have rocked his bell in college, but I guess nobody had the cojones to do it then. He goes to Cleveland and just, you know, he, he plays a couple of decent seasons, but he ain't that good to me. He ain't that good to me. He goes to Carolina and talks about, oh, yeah, I'm going to F up the Browns and blah, 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 blah. You're going to see a new Baker Mayfield. No, we haven't. Same old Baker Mayfield, just a different team, different colors, yada, yada, yada. So I'm hoping, like, the, the Panthers go 0-17 or Owen, yeah, Owen 17 now, as long as he's playing, um, as long as he's the quarterback, I just, I always root for him to lose, like, he's just, he ain't got it to me, and he, he thinks that he is this, 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 uh, this, the guy that his stuff don't stink, and you ain't really all that, bro, you just a cleaner, you just a cleaner version of Johnny Manziel is what you are, bro, like, you are just a guy who has no off-the-field issues, but if you look at him and Johnny Manziel, they two, they two in the same pot, man, they two peas in the same pot, so, um, I, I, I put that in there, and this one was very, very interesting, man. And I was talking to some of my peoples yesterday around, you know, the league. Like, I talked to a lot of my friends, a lot of people close to the league. And this one, I just don't. I'm going to tell you like this. I never want to see players get hurt. And I'm going to predicate it with that. I, it is an unfortunate situation when players get hurt, where their careers are on the line. Um, they may not be able to play again. 
but I really had a hard time finding any type of empathy for Trey Lance yesterday. Like, I was like, dang, he broke his ankle. He about to be out for the season. Like, I felt all of that, but I was like, but dang, the 49ers actually might be better off without him playing is what I initially thought. And I'm still waking up this morning and, and, and still thinking about it like, the Niners actually might be better off without Trey Lance as their quarterback. They actually might have gotten into a better situation than what Trey Lance was as the quarterback, which is kind of wild to think that. But I'm looking at this. <clears throat> this seems like as soon as Trey Lance left the game, the offense seemed to be clicking. It seems like Jimmy G just picked up where he left off and started, you know, just slinging the ball around. It wasn't the best game that he played, but it was a very, very pedestrian. It was a very Jimmy G-esque game, Jimmy Garoppolo. Jimmy Garoppolo game and it was a very very just you know it was just one of his blueprint tra- traditional games that he just that's how he plays and, and it seems like the offense moved a little bit better it seems like they had a little bit more of an idea of what was going on it seems like the players such as Debo Samuel, Samuel Brandon Ayuk they, they were a little bit more they had that more continuity with Jimmy G as opposed to Trey Lance so it just seems like the best move that the 49ers did was making a non-move, which was trying to ship off Jimmy G due to the fact that you had this unknown commodity in Trey Lance where nobody knew what he had. And now he has another year that he's going to miss. So you got to think he's technically missed his senior year in college. He got hurt again. He got hurt last year. He broke his thumb or something like that. And he had like a couple of, he had a thumb injury and I think he had a knee injury as well. So he missed time his rookie year. He only played what? five quarters technically in this season so he's missing the entire regular season of this year and we don't even know what he's going to look like next year if he even plays that so then the question is going to be what you going to do with jimmy g at the end of this year let's just say the 49ers get all the way to i'm gonna be even nice and just say let's just say they get all the way to an nfc championship game bro you gotta ride with jimmy g after that ain't no way you can go over and go look at train lance and be like Oh, yeah, we're going next year is your shot. Like you legitimately have to let Jimmy G compete for the starting job next year, which means that you're probably going to have to roll out the dough and give out some money back to Jimmy G. So now it looks like you just gave up the farm two years ago to get Trey Lance. I think it was three or four first round draft picks. I think I think three, something like that. They gave up a whole boatload of picks to the Dolphins, I think is who it was, to get Trey Lance. And you wasn't even going to be able to utilize those draft picks anyway. So... Now you're looking at it like, what do we do with this guy? Like, essentially at this point, the 49ers lost that trade to get Trey Lance. Um, it's just that simple. They they legitimately have lost to get that the Trey Lance trade. It just hasn't worked out. And they were better off just keeping what they had. They could have got some other. They could address a couple other situations where maybe they could have got a little bit of help on the defensive back. Maybe another cornerback. Um, maybe. Maybe another pass rusher, um, but to help to complement uh, Nick Nick Bosa on the other side um, to kind of compliment that. But, you know, you got Fred Warner, who's an all-pro middle linebacker. You got, you know, the t- the secondary is pretty good. They're solid. But, you know, you could have got another lockdown corner. Um, but, yeah, I, I think that the the 49ers, at the end of the day, I've never seen a situation where you, you know, you can go back to your, 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 your go back to your ex, basically, and, 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 and things are running smooth again. And I think that the, the, the 49ers, they're actually going to be better with Jimmy Garoppolo, which is crazy for me to say, because I've been on this podcast and I've been extremely critical of Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that Jimmy Garoppolo is a upgrade 
than Trey Lance. Like, we don't know what lap dance Lance was going to be looking like. We don't know what he had in the bag because every time he gets on the field, it's always some type of low-key, my dog ain't my homework type of excuse. Last week, it was they had a terrible weather situation. But guess what? So did Justin Fields, and Justin Fields was able to figure it out to a certain extent. You know what I'm saying? So it goes both ways. So I just don't know. What you do with Trey Lance next year? And you can't trade him. You can't. What you gonna do? Trade him for what? And get what back? Get what in return? You're not gonna be able to get in return because no one's seen anything with him. So it's just it's just wild. But yeah, that's a, that, that's what I gotta say about that. Now, whew, with all that being said, it is time to move over to me almost being on suicide watch yesterday, which was the epic failure of the Raiders against the Cardinals. Like, I low-key almost turned in my fan card yesterday. And Bomani Jones says it all the time. He used to be a diehard Atlanta Falcons fan. Atlanta Falcons, you already know how they are. And it's almost like being on a narcotic. And at one point, you just gotta be like, hey, man, I gotta put down the crack pipe, man. Like, I just can't keep getting high off of the supply where it ain't giving me no more joy. And that's kind of where I'm at with the Raiders, man. I told you all this entire, since I actually got back on the podcast, and is that I've not been fan, I've not been a huge fan of Josh McDaniels. Once again, he proved it again yesterday on why he's not he should not be an NFL head coach. And I got to digging about Josh McDaniels. I was like, man, what? Like, what has he done? What has he done? Okay, he got Tom Brady a whole bunch of rings, but I was under the really the vision of Bill Belichick. He goes to Dallas or he goes to Denver as a head coach. I believe he tanks to try to get Tim Tebow. He tanked to get Tim Tebow, and like the way that his whole coaching career ended in Denver, it was many. It was weird. It was ugly. It was a bad breakup. It wasn't one of those typical, hey, man, you fire type of joints. Like It was bad. Then in 2018, he agrees to become the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts, like agrees, and was going to have a press conference and everything. And at the last minute, he backed out and catfished him, was like, nah, I'm good. I'm going to stay with the Patriots. And then randomly, like nobody even knew he was considered, you know, going, considering for a head coach job. And he gets he gets this job of all jobs. So I have not been a fan of Josh, Josh McDaniels. And like I said, you can email the show and let me know what name a head coach name, a, name one head coach that had a first his first time job. He played like doo. He his his coaching was he just was a terrible head coach and he got to get a second head coaching job. And was able to figure it out. Name me an NFL head coach outside of Bill Belichick. It has never happened. And I'm gonna and, and, and I'm a firm believer on history in the NFL. It just doesn't work like that. So you can't tell me that Josh McDaniel has Josh McDaniels has learned his lessons from being the offensive coordinator from Bill Belichick. Because I'll answer that with a question. Name me a person from the Bill Belichick coaching tr- coaching tree that's been able to be successful in the NFL. Maybe Mike Vrabel. Maybe. But he hasn't been in, I think he's just been to an AFC championship game. So maybe, maybe him, you can kind of say him. Okay. How many people that, how many, name, think about all the coaches that have fallen under, fall under Bill Belichick and name, name me one that's been successful. I'll wait. It's not too many. It's a very short list. So with that being said, the, 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 the whole scheme of the Raiders, like you can't tell me you got a man that's rated 99 in Madden as a wide receiver and he only gets three catches. For 13 yards. You can't. What you mean, bruh? What you mean that you're just going to use the best part, arguably the best wide receiver in Madden, and he's only going to get the ball twice? Granted, one of them was for a touchdown. Granted, I'll give you that, but it was like a two-yard touch. It was like a two-yard touchdown catch. Like, you only target my man, I believe, four or five times? <sighs> it's it, The Raiders, man... There's been people that said that the Raiders were going to make it to the Super Bowl. I told y'all, y'all need to go ahead and submit y'all's drug tests immediately because it wasn't going to happen. 
I, for one, said that I was not going to have any expectations in this season last this year because I never walk into a season with the Raiders having any expectations because they do dumb stuff like this. But when you're up 20 to zero going into halftime and you're up 23 to seven going into the fourth quarter, I expect you to win that game. You got to win that. And, and I'm trying to figure out where this whole philosophy of we're just going to um, go into this shell defense where we're not going to let nobody get behind. No, you got to keep playing what you did to win. What you did to get in front of the game is how you got to finish the game. Not this whole we're going to play a shell defense. We're going to go and play like this prevent defense where nobody's going to get behind us. Nah, bro, you got to still keep applying pressure. I didn't see my man uh, Max Crosby do anything. Chandler Jones has low-key been a disappointment so far, and I thought that was a bad move. Like, you got a dude that's on the plus side of almost 10 years in the NFL, and you go get him? Like, y'all couldn't try to go get Khalil Mack back? Like, you couldn't do that? Y'all couldn't try to go get Von Miller? Like, Von Miller, granted, I think it has had the might have been in the league longer than Chandler Jones, but he's got a lot of he's got a lot of youth, a lot of energy, and I think he missed one or two seasons in the back end anyways. With the injury, so he's he doesn't have that many hits on him. Like y'all can try to go get Demarcus, uh, Randy Gregory for the for the uh, Broncos, uh, who he plays for the Broncos now. But y'all can go get him from the Cowboys at the time where he was playing with. Like it just doesn't make sense. Like Chandler Jones, you haven't done Jack Diddley Poo. Um, it's just the Raiders are just the Raiders, and I just don't understand how you are up twenty to zip, and that's what you do. That's what you do, bro. Like that. I'm not. I'm not even really disappointed. It was more like. Man, it just don't get no worse than that. And, and, and that's just how it's, I mean, it's about to be a long season for the Raiders. Like, I don't see this team getting better. And if this team, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you. If this team doesn't win 10 games, you got to fire McDaniels this year. You can't give them another chance because it's going to get worse. And this team is kind of predicated on winning now. Like, what did you bring Devontae Adams here for then? That, like you, you're literally just wasting his services. Like he's just gonna be a dude that just puts up great numbers. Like Tim Brown, all he gonna do? I don't even know he's gonna put, be able to put up great numbers because he's got Derek Carr as his quarterback. And that's not a knock against Derek Carr, but Derek Carr, like once when he can't get his first read, he gonna try to throw a check down to either Waller or Hunter Renfro. And I don't know what Hunter Renfro is looking like because he's got a concussion. So. You got to try to start figuring it out. You also got to start running the ball. Like you have Josh Jacobs, you might as well start using him. Um, it just—I mean, I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. If he does not get this team to 10, 9, 10, or even eleven games this year, you got to let him go now. You got to start all over. Like you can't just—you can't just waste these last couple of prime years of Derek Carr, Devontae Adams. You got Darren Wall who just signed a fat contract. You got uh, Josh Jacobs. You got Hunter Renfro. Like you got all these different players. You got Chandler Jones. Like what? What are y'all doing? If y'all don't think that y'all can win with 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 Josh McDaniels, like the AFC West is clearly a, the the cream of the cream della division right now. Well, it's it's starting to like low key look not as good as what it was because the Raiders have laid an egg. The Denver Broncos look don't look as good as they we all thought. So you really only got the Chargers and the Chiefs is what it's going to boil down to. So once what we that's why I always say don't be out here trying to. Predicate wins and loses on looking on what the hell your schedule is because y'all gonna set yourselves up for failure. And everyone kept saying, "Oh, the AFC West is gonna be the toughest division." That's just a gauntlet. Nah, bro, it's the Chargers and the Chiefs all day long. Like Denver, they not even they not even close, and they're not even close to touching the Chiefs or the Char the Chiefs or the Chargers. And they're miles apart. Um, they're miles ahead of the of the Las Vegas Raiders. Like they are so much better than the Las Vegas Raiders, and they're not even touching. The Chiefs or the Chargers. So you can't even tell me right now that the AFC West is the best division. I just don't see it.
So the Raiders, I mean, I'm telling you right now, Josh McDaniels ain't out of here by the end of the year. If he can't turn this around, he got to go. And I don't know how you're able to turn around this week. Like, what do you tell your team that was up 20 to zip? What do you tell your team? Like, what are you going to tell them to try to turn this around and get them to, to focus in and horn in and, and get ready to play? Uh, I don't even know who they play this week. I think it's Denver. Um, let me see who they play right now. I think they play Denver. Let me see. I'll tell you right now. But what do you tell your team that just lost like that? That embarrassing. I don't know uh, being up 20 to zip. I don't know what you tell your team. The Raiders play the Tennessee Titans. <laughs> good luck with that. <laughs> good luck with that. So, yeah, good luck with trying to tell them, like, hey, we're going to try to stop Derrick Henry. So, this is my team. I love my team. But at the end of the day, I ain't got no expectations. So, it's like me. Being off of a um off of a narcotic, like I've kind of just went into remission, and I'm not I'm not touching it no more. Like I see it, I look at it, I analyze it, I just get my two cents, and I keep it pushing. But I'm not gonna get caught up into what they do and this and that because you're just gonna set yourself up for disappointment, man. So those are my week two winners and losers. Before we dip up out of here, we definitely got to talk about this more of a serious situation, and that's the Phoenix Suns owner. Um, Mr. Robert Sarver. And I took a time out. I took a little bit of time out last week to read the actual whole report. For those who don't know about Robert Sarver, he is the owner of the Phoenix Suns who just got suspended for one year and got a $10 million fine, um, which is pennies in the bucket. But $10 million is $10 million. Let's keep it real. I'm not a, I'm not a guy who has $10 million. Um, and $10 million, you know, that, that might be, that might not hurt him as much as the common person does. Um, but I read some of the things that he said, you know, there's a lot of racist, misogynistics. Um, he he kind of covered everything in the books. You know, every If you hit, he, he, he hit you up. Um, but some of the antics that this man pulled in the office, like, they had a man, he got a man to get down on his knees and he pulled down his underwear. Um, he was asking other men if they shaved their testicles and things like that. Um, he tried to refer to why, why he can't use the N-word, but said the N-word. Um, and then talking, t- talking about pregnant women, like he, like I said, he, when he, 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 he literally hit every, everything. If you was it, he, he tapped you on the shoulder and let you know how you, how you felt about you. Um, and there's been a lot of public outcry that Adam Silver should have took the team. Um, you know, why didn't you do the same thing that you did to Donald Sterling? Blah, 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 blah. First of all, Adam Silver told him that Adam back in the day or when the whole Adam, the Donald Sterling took place, his wife ended up taking over the team. And she was like, uh, she actually had up the OJs and said, you know, you just start queue up the song for the love of money. Cause I'm about to put the uh, team up for sale. That's how they were able to get rid of, um, the Sterling family of the Clippers is that he was able to tell him that he, you know, was going to revoke his power or whatever and pass it along to his wife. Why he didn't do that to Robert Sarver. I mean, it's neither here or there. What I mean, what's done is done. So now you got LeBron James saying, you know, saying his two cents like he does with every little situation that goes on. He, he worried about everybody else, but he ain't never got time for what goes on in his own his own public circle. And you know how I feel about that. But one person I thought of in particular was Chris Paul. Like my man, got to be the most unluckiest athlete if I've ever seen one in my life. Like, bro, you just left the Philadelphia, um, the Los Angeles Clippers to come into this type of nonsense. Like, you was there. And then my next thing was, you know, these players 
always talk about, oh, we're, we're fighting for social justice. We're fighting for this. We're fighting for fill in the blanks. Their league, had, you know, there's a zero tolerance policy for all of these different things. And everyone always says that the NBA is probably the most progressive league in all of professional sports. Are they? Are they really right now? Because here's a chance for, you know, Chris Paul. You know, like I said, he was in the Donald Sterling mishap. And I, I called him a sucker back then. He's still a sucker right now for them to be able to just go out there and play that playoff game, that playoff series against the Warriors. Um, when it was, I think it was, a, they, they were the only team that was going to be playing. That was the only game that was slated that night. And them suckers went out there and still played for the, you know, they, all they did was flip their jerseys inside out where their logos wasn't showing. And they threw their, they threw their practice warmups on the middle of the floor. Come on, man. Give me a break, man. If y'all was about that action, don't play. Don't play. If you really that hurt and you really want to see change, don't play. It's that simple. You just don't have to play. Your contracts are fully guaranteed. Don't play. What are you going to What? So here's the thing. You don't play. Now, what does Robert Sarver look like talking about? He wants his money back for the players, for the team not playing those games because of some stuff that he did. You do have the power. You do have all the power and you choose to still continue to continue to play. Nah, man, y'all some suckers. Y'all some straight suckers. And that's a straight sucker move. You can't sit there and say any, any job where you can literally walk off. Granted, let's think about it in um, the bubble in 2020. When it was the Bucks against the Magic in a playoff game, the Bucks were willing to take a loss. They were saying, like, nah, we're not, we don't even care. We're not playing. We ain't playing. And they decided not to play. The only bad thing is they didn't tell the Orlando Magic at the time, who was in that playoff series, that they were going to protest. But they were up to the point where they were willing to say, we'll take the loss tonight because we refuse to play. So if they're willing, if, if players are willing to do that, why can't y'all do it, Phoenix Suns? Y'all got y'all corporate sponsorships willing to pull the plug. And you mean to tell me your corporate sponsors are more vested in civil rights and women's rights and all these other things more than you guys are. But you claim to say you got Black Lives Matter on the courts. You got all these different slogans. You got all these commercials plans and y'all going to sit there and still continue to play. Man, y'all some suckers, man. Straight up. Y'all some straight suckers. And y'all need to just really just keep it a bucket. Say, yo, you know. The NBA, there's no tolerance for it. But when it comes to my own personal financial games, yeah, I'm not, I, I don't really, you know, I, 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 I was lying. I was just playing, you know, all y'all, if for everybody else, you know, yeah, I feel bad for y'all. But when it comes down to me, nah, I'm not, I'm not going to do that, man. I'm not going to, I can't do that, man. You know, it, it affects my pockets and I, I just don't want that to happen. So, you know, I, I just look at it and it's just really, really sad that this is still going on in 2022. Um, but I'm also just really, really sad at the NFL, uh, the NBA players, especially the Phoenix Suns. You know, you got Chris Paul, who was once the former uh, players union rep who, who knows how to negotiate these things. And you got all these different you got. And here's the cool part about it. You got a black GM and James Jones, who won executive of the year. You got a black head coach in Monty Williams, who won coach of the year. And you got Chris Paul, who's one of the greatest point guards of all time. You got all these different things. And I know the front office is very diverse as well. After they kind of had to look into things and you all still choose to come to work man, get out of here, bro. So the Phoenix Suns, y'all get it together, man, get it together. And I know there's pretty, pretty much all these different other owners. Same things probably happen. I don't know. James Dolan might be just as bad. I know Mark Cuban is far more worse than that, but it's just a sad situation. And I just wish the players would actually just keep it real. Like, stop saying that you guys are. 
you know, for all these different things, all these different social injustices and things are going on literally right there in your own backyard, in your own work environment. And you choose not to do anything about it. If y'all literally sit there and pull off your jersey or pull off your warm ups and put it in the middle of the court, y'all don't. Y'all, you guys are just pandering at at its finest. Like that's exactly what it is. You guys don't care, and it is what it is. So that's my two cents on the whole Robert Sarver situation. Is the players actually got a, they actually have a legit opportunity of making some change happening? Are they going to do it? No, they're not because it actually affects their own personal pockets. So whatever. Um, now going on, we're gonna wrap it up. We're gonna talk about this dummy of the day. Um, so the Vegas. Las Vegas Aces WNBA team out here yesterday just beat the Connecticut Sun um, in the WNBA finals, which actually brings the city of Las Vegas's first ever professional sports championship team or championship to the city. A side note, Vegas, y'all better live this up because it's the only championship y'all going to get anytime soon. So don't look over to the Golden Knights and don't look for the Raiders to try to bring y'all something because that ain't happening. Um, But the dummy of the day definitely has to go out to the WNBA again. Again, now I talked about this a few months ago, man, but one, what the hell was they doing putting that game on? I believe it came on four o'clock Eastern, which is right on time in the, 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 the afternoon football games. What are y'all doing? Like you guys are complaining about how y'all want more people to watch WNBA. Why would you put that on on Sunday night? Why? Why couldn't that be a Tuesday night game? There's no basketball. There's no there's no football pros or college going on Tuesday night. Like that should have been a Tuesday night game to get as many eyeballs on as you possibly could. <clears throat> because wasn't nobody gonna sit there and stop watching all these three three teams that came back from 21 points and below or to, plus 20 some points to watch the WNBA. That's number one and number two. Come on, man. Y'all got to stop with these Walmart trophies, dog. Y'all, y'all got to stop with these Walmart trophies. I saw that MVP trophy that they gave to Chelsea Gray. Man, my five-year-old daughter could have sat there. And it, it looked big in my five. It, it looked small in my five-year-old daughter's hands. Like, come on, y'all. Y'all out here bugging, man. I just, y'all can't get, y'all ain't got nothing in the petty cash account. Like, y'all can't go, y'all can't go and actually get a legitimate trophy, these MVP trophies. Like, they legitimately look like something I can go get at the military installation um, uh, concession stands and get one of these military wars. Like, that's what they look like. Come on. Y'all got to do better than that, man. And like I always say, I support the WNBA. Like I try to go at least a couple of games a year. I told you, I actually prefer to watch a WNBA game over a men's college basketball game because it's more entertaining, but y'all are treating these females like doo-doo on a stick, man. Like Chelsea Gray said, they had that, that, that trophy in her hand and she swallowed that whole entire trophy. I didn't even know what the trophy looked like because all I saw was hands. She looked like she was holding a pigeon in her hands because the trophy was that small. Come on, man. Y'all got to do better, but. I mean, shout out to the Aces for making it happen, but man, the dummy of the day got to go to the WNBA for just bad marketing. Why would you put that on a Sunday afternoon over during week two of the NFL? Like just what? And then y'all's trophies like, come on, man, make these, like make these players feel wanted, man. Make these players feel super duper wanted. I looked at the, uh, the finals MVP trophy for the NBA. It looked like it was a legitimate trophy. Even the All-Star Game trophy that Steph Curry got. Like, that that was a legitimate. Like, that's something that you. That's a trophy that you could put over your head. These trophies that these females are getting. Nah, man. They ain't even working. And they talking about they trying to bring two more teams in the WNBA. They trying to expand. Come on, man. Anyways, once again, you are listening to the Sports Business Podcast. My name is Eric Compton, a.k.a. Mr. Town Business. This podcast is available on all platforms. Wherever you get in that podcast. Make sure you hit that review. Like and subscribe. 
And you can catch me on Instagram at Money Compton. You can also find me at the Twitterverse at Sports Business. That's S-P-R-T-Z-B-I-Z-N-E-S-S. You can also email the show at Gmail. And we will run this back next week. Other than that, we out of here.